Hi, this is Greg Kilstrom. Welcome to the Agile World Podcast, where we discuss customer experience, employee experience, and transformation in an agile age. The Agile World Podcast is brought to you by Tech Systems, an industry leader in full-stack technology services, talent services, and real-world application. For more information, go to techsystems.com. To read more about the topics discussed on this show, you can go to my website at theagile.world and read my latest articles or get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, a blueprint for creating an experience-led organization, now available on Amazon and other retailers. My name is Greg Kilstrom, and I'm the host of the Agile World Podcast, where we talk about branding, customer, and employee experience in an agile age. Today, we're going to talk about organizational culture and employee experience, or EX. To help me discuss this topic, I'd like to welcome Tracy Schweikert, VP of HR at Politico. First, why don't you tell me a little bit about what you do at Politico? Great. Well, thanks for having me on. Uh, My role is uh, VP of HR, and so what that includes is all of the talent and culture-related activities for Politico. Uh, I also happen to have accountability for facilities, um, which fits nicely into the employee experience. So let's start by talking about what makes a good employee experience. Um, so first, um, you know, why, how about if you define what you think a good employee experience is and how do you measure it? Yeah, I mean, for me, employee experience is so important, right? Folks come to work um, to make sure that they are adding impact with whatever they do. And obviously at Politico, we are very much focused on uh, informing the public. So Good employee experience to me is having an employee's needs met at all levels of uh, their work experience. So things as simple as making sure we've got great amenities to make their time at work comfortable um, and accessible all the way through, um, you know, being able to achieve their career aspirations and having great opportunities for further career development. Why do, why do you think a lot of companies struggle providing great ex, uh, employee experience? Yeah, I think uh, employee experience is really interesting. And I think a lot of times folks are focused on the latest and the greatest. Yeah. Um, and what you really need to remember is it's that baseline of understanding and that baseline of need. If you're not making sure that somebody has a comfortable place to work, um, that you don't have the basic amenities or technology to do their job, um, focusing on creating the next innovative product or the next great story um, is that much harder to achieve. So we make sure that we get the basics absolutely spot on, and then we build off of that in terms of career development, collaboration, and culture. Yeah, and I mean, overall, what we've seen at, at Cravity is a much bigger focus on employee experience. Uh, we do both customer and employee experience work, but there seems to be such a, a, a bigger focus with, with our enterprise clients in particular on employee experience. What do you think brought this about? And um, is this the new normal? I mean, you know, uh, there's potential economic changes happening, all of those kinds of things. I mean, are we are we in kind of a new normal or is this because of a certain set of you know, circumstances? Yeah, I I think it is absolutely a factor of the times. And I also think we're creating a new normal as we go. I think we are at a moment where the talent marketplace is um, the best it's ever been for a candidate or for an employee. 
And so as employers, we need to make sure that we are looking for every way to differentiate ourselves to get that talent into our organization. I do think millennials coming into the workforce and challenging um, the way that we work, the way that we collaborate, what work-life balance really looks like, what flexibility for work looks like, has certainly sparked a new normal. I also think that that's not going to go away anytime soon. I spend a lot of time talking to Gen X managers or occasionally, you know, we don't have baby boomer managers, but as I've talked to them in, in other organizations, and often the the response I get from them is, when I was early in my career, this is what I got. And what I remind them is, you know, listen, just because that's what we might have had early in our career doesn't necessarily make it right. And it certainly in today's environment doesn't allow us to be competitive and doesn't allow for the best talent to come into the organization. If we're not pushing ourselves from an employee experience standpoint, how can we expect to have employees come in and really push the boundaries and disrupt uh, the media marketplace? Yeah. Are you seeing um, any impacts with Gen Z yet? Or how is that, you know, differences between millennials, Gen Z? We are not quite yet. Yep. Um, I, th I think we'll start to see those in, in the coming years. Right now, Politico is 80% millennial. So okay. we are definitely very millennial focused. Wow. Yeah, that's a um, pretty high percentage. Yeah. It really is. Like even, <laughs> even some of our executive leaders are um, millennials themselves. So that definitely drives what we're doing. Everything that I've read says that Gen Z is going to look and act a little bit more like a Gen Xer. So uh, I think we'll just need to continue to balance that instead of it being more um, Gen Xers at the leadership level. If Gen Z does tend um, to act in the workplace the way that more, more like Gen X did, then I think we'll just manage to that. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about technology then. Um, what do you see as the relationship between technology and employee experience? And, uh, you know, what are you either currently doing or thinking about doing? I mean, I, technology is a huge part of the employee experience, right? Because I, I do think that so much of the new employee experience is about flexibility. I think we get the best work out of folks regardless of the generation that they are, if we give them the flexibility to do that. I myself am a Gen Xer. I have a family. And so I'm able to schedule the work that I need to do by using um, email and apps and other technology. Um, I do a lot of email late at night and I use the send later feature oh, yeah. um, just so that I'm not pinging my folks late at night. Um, but that because that works for me. We're constantly looking to how we can use technology to make life easier. We're still a mid-sized company, so we're not looking at doing a lot of automation, um, but we are looking at, okay, if we're going to use a software package, do they have a good app that allows folks to, to do things on the go? We also are an open work environment, so uh, a lot of our folks sit in open workstations, so they tend to use the whole space. And so a lot of folks are sitting at the cafe or they're sitting in other places in the building. And so being able to do that with the use of technology makes life a lot easier. Yeah, that's interesting because um, you mentioned you're, you also oversee facilities and, and things like that. So it's interesting how... Um, physical and, you know, let's call it virtual environment kind of interact. So that's, that's interesting. So was that, um, was that something that you were always, um, sort of overseeing or is that something that you kind of grew into your role or 
Yeah. So the interesting thing is about my role, I came to Politico three and a half years ago, and I was actually Politico's first VP of HR um, because they were still they were still very much in startup mode. Robert Albritton, our our publisher, really said we need to bring someone in to really focus on both talent and culture. Um, and so I started with that. But again, for me, it's all about the entire employee experience and the piece that I didn't have was the facilities piece. And that can be the part that folks just don't pay enough attention to. Yeah. Um, we have a beautiful cafe that has healthy um, eating options. And we put a lot of money in that because we want that to be a benefit for our employees who are working flexible hours for journalists who might be crashing on deadline. But we need to make sure that we're constantly looking at what should we be adding to the cafe? What's important to folks? Um, since I've been there, we've added things like nitro coffee and oat milk now that oat milk seems to be a very healthy alternative for folks. So, um, again, it seems like uh, a very small thing, but if you're going to offer that kind of a benefit, if you want that to be part of the employee experience, you've got to make sure you're paying just as much attention to that. Yeah. Um, sometimes uh, as a company is growing, it sees a shift from a very you know innovative, creative driven and team oriented culture to a more numbers focused and process and hierarchy and all of those kinds of things. How did you help Politico and all are valid and all are needed? So, you know, the, the challenge is finding the right balance. So how did you work with um, with the team to really maintain that right balance where, um, you know, with growth comes certain needs, but you still want to maintain the, you know, the what what the culture really is? Yeah, I mean, you know, with any startup organization, um, we were very focused on disrupting the media market. And I think as Politico came into um, the media space, they definitely did that. And as we grew, um, you know, one of the things that I talked to executives about when I interviewed with them was, you know, they said, listen, we can find really great people, but we're having a hard time getting them to stay. Right. Yeah. Um, and because we're finding great people and we're doing great work, there are a lot of competitors out there who like to come and shop um, at our talent store. And so what do we do there? And that is then the work of talent and culture. How do we take what's really good, um, but really focus it? And so what we did was we went back to what's important. Um, we put values in place. Um, I think those values were something that we were talking about on a day-to-day -day basis, but we sat down with a group of high potential employees and said, listen, let's really define what it means to be at Politico. Um, you know, as I walked in the door, people would talk about, you know, we're a lot of really passionate folks who are really focused and we work really hard. Um, and what we settled on for a value is that we're relentless contributors. Nice. We're disruptors, we're collaborators, and we're talent cultivators. And so those are our four values. And I think what we do is try to use those to center ourselves. Um, I do think you're right. As you become more, as we're growing into a mid-sized company, um, we do have to think about equity across different teams, right? It's no longer a situation where a manager can do whatever he or she feels like. We've got to look at how are we creating some balance and equity. But I think leaning on collaboration, leaning on talent cultivation and saying, okay, again, what are we trying to accomplish? How do we do that? 
Um, and we're able to get there. We've absolutely added process. We've added also what I'm very proud of is a lot of data collection. We do new hire surveys at 90 days. We do an annual engagement survey. We do exit surveys. My team spends a lot of time interacting with different employees and managers across the organization, just collecting a lot of data so that we can constantly refine. So if we find out you know what, we've had a policy that's been in place for a while and it's not quite being used the way that we originally thought. Let's tweak it. Let's make it, um, let's make it different. Let's evolve it. And so that's what we try to do. We try to constantly make sure that we are talking about what works for us now um, and evolve as we go. That's great. Yeah, I think the uh, that's that's great that you're measuring too. And um, I think the, you know, one common complaint um, among employees is, you know, the, my employer keeps asking me all these questions and doesn't really do anything about it. How do you how do you mitigate it against that? And you know, without sharing too much or or all of those types of things, like how do you how do you make sure the employees feel like they're they're being heard and, and valued and valuable? Yeah, I mean, I you know, we are very fortunate. I have been doing um, human resources, talent, and culture for twenty plus years, and at Politico. Our annual engagement survey, for example, we have 96% participation, oh, wow. which is great. unheard of. That is great. <laughs> um, and, you know, the very first statement I make to an executive team or a management team when we present results is, listen, the great news is, is with 96%, we know this is absolutely representative of an employee population. Um, the challenge is... of our employees told us what they want, what they need, how to stay engaged. We now have the responsibility to do something with it. And if we don't, we won't continue to get that level of participation. Um, So, you know, with great power comes great responsibility. Um, You know, we've got to make sure that we make good on that. And so we do put action plans in place. We do share the results with employees. We do regularly speak to members of the leadership team to say, how are you doing on your action plans? And we try to also weave that feedback into other things that we do at a lar- larger talent and culture um, standpoint. Yeah, no, that's that's great. So what role uh, does diversity play in, in the success, not only of Politico's culture, but how, you know, how do you feel it plays a role in, in company culture in general? Well, I mean, diversity is wildly important and i and i think everybody understands that great ideas only come when you're bringing a lot of ideas to the table a lot of experiences and and a lot of ideas um because we're a media organization we are not going to do our job of representing uh america if we don't look like america does um and so in our newsroom in particular we are constantly looking at how do we make sure that we have diverse voices associated with all the different stories that we do. Um, you know, from a business standpoint, it's also really important. Um, what we are trying to do at Politico is figure out how to take a bite out of diversity each year. So in this coming year in 2020, we are focused on allyship. You know, how can you be an ally? Um, because, um, you know, while we are increasing our levels of diversity, we're not where we want to be. Um, so we want to make sure that those folks with um, the privilege and the power are also actively working to make a change. And so throughout the entire year, um, we'll have Values Day. For example, we do that every year. Our Values Day this year will be 
aligned with allyship and, and how can we bridge some gaps there. The different trainings that we'll do will be focused on that as well. So what are some of the other teams uh, that you work with regularly to really, you know, enable this great, this culture, this, you know, what, what you need to accomplish, um, you know, since it, employee experience really takes a, a company-wide commitment to do that. Who are your allies in the organization as far as, you know, teams and, and stuff like that? So we, you know, we are trying to make sure that we address it at all levels of the organization. So we have several grassroots employee committees. We've got a diversity and inclusion committee. We've got an employee activity committee that we call political activity committee because we thought the PAC concept would be a nice little turn on on what we do there. We've also got a group called Politico Gives, which does our community involvement. Um, And so that's a great way to get folks involved. Um, We also have a lot of involvement at the executive team level. Um, Again, Robert Albritton, our publisher, Patrick Steele, our CEO, Matt Kaminsky, our editor-in-chief, Carrie Budoff-Brown, our editor, all of them are very involved and are regularly pushing us to make sure that we are looking at new programs and that our programs are competitive and where can we be leading the charge instead of um, just following from behind. So I'm very fortunate in that all of my peers um, at the executive leadership level are very much committed and very open to the ideas um, that I bring to them. And often we're able with just a, a handful of conversations able to really make some impactful change, which makes my job a lot of fun. Yeah, no, that's that's great to hear. So how do you um how do you see the relationship between customer experience and employee experience? So, you know, I always say happy employees make happy customers, you know, they buy more, buy more often and and recommend others. So, you know, your your customer isn't necessarily buying a product off the shelf, but you know, how do you see that relationship in in what you do to the the eventual, you know, customer experience? Yeah, you know, I mean, one of the things that I am very proud of is if we go back to our annual engagement survey, the category that always comes out at the top across our employees is pride in the organization. Um, And I think when you have folks who are very proud of the things that you do and the things that you're involved in and the impact that you're making um, on the world... Uh, that comes through in everything they do. I think that comes through in terms of them um, being even more relentless contributors. They're they're very bought into what we're doing. Um, they are very much collaborating with each other, right? If you've got a good employee experience, you've got employees who are pleased and happy to work with each other. Um, we do not have what I've seen at other organizations in terms of regular tension between teams working together. I mean, don't get me wrong. We don't always get it right. Um, but what I like to say at Politico is when it comes to the big things, we always get those right. That's that's great. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, um, one last question before we wrap up. Um, you know, in talking about employee experience, um, how would you recommend that someone keeps up with the latest thinking, research, just, you know, what's what's out there? I, um, from the time that I was little, I am a huge book nerd. And if I walk into any bookstore and there's a new leadership book, I'm jumping right on it. Um, I have members of my team that do the same, that read. I also have a lot of folks who are a lot more into podcasts. That fits their life a lot. 
Um, so I always encourage folks to make sure that you're constantly out there, you know, reading short articles on Twitter or LinkedIn, reading a book, listen to a podcast, because so often the good ideas are already out there. Um, just hearing what somebody else does and then saying, okay, how could I apply that to my team or my organization is always the best way to do it. I think the danger in that is if somebody takes something completely off the shelf and tries to insert it without customizing it for their team, um, that doesn't always work. But if you if you take the general concept and say, okay, what could we do here? Um, you wind up with something really fun and exciting. We, for example, borrowed Motley Fool um, does something called Random Acts of Coffee where they connect folks um, across the organization and the company pays for coffee on them. Um, and we figured out how to do that for us. We weren't able to do it exactly the way that Motley Fool did it. We actually make it a diversity and inclusion initiative where we try to connect folks who wouldn't normally interact with each other. Um, and it's been a lot of fun. And again, it wasn't our idea. That was one that we borrowed, and that was because somebody saw it in an article. That's great. That's great. Well, thanks again for uh, for joining the show. Um, for those listening, uh, what's the best way for them to keep up with what you're doing? Yeah, no, absolutely. So I, uh, I'm i on Twitter and Instagram, and it's at Tracy Schweikert. Um, also, I would encourage folks to follow on Twitter and Instagram Politico Career so they can see a little bit more uh, about our culture in action. Wonderful. Well, again, I'd like to thank Tracy Schweikert, VP Human Resources at Politico, for joining the show. To learn more about both customer and employee experience, I recommend you go to my website at gregkilstrom.com and make sure to check out my latest book, The Center of Experience. More information is available on my website or wherever the book is available, like Amazon. Thanks for listening to The Agile World with Greg Kilstrom. See you next week. Thanks again for listening to The Agile World Podcast, brought to you by Tech Systems. I'm your host, Greg Kilstrom. You can learn more and get a copy of my latest book, The Center of Experience, from my website at theagile.world or on Amazon or other retailers. Until next week, stay agile.